Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry of Lake Mount Worship Center, and we are on a mission to connect young adults to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We meet every Monday night at 7 p.m., and we'd love to have you join us. You can find more information on our socials, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message for this week. y'all doing? Good. All right. It's good. Just kidding. All right. Um, Tonight, we have, well, let's go back. We have been talking about calling for a while, right? Okay. I hope you, like, have taken notes because it will be important to go back and look at those notes throughout your lifetime because calling is something that is in you. So you want to respond to it for your whole life. Okay, I'm also going to take out my elastics because they're annoying. But you don't want to swallow them because... Yeah. All right. Ah. All right. Hi, I'm Lisa. Hey. All right, if you don't know me, I am Matt's wife, um, and we are the lead pastors here, and we are absolutely loving this season where we get to be with you guys, because you guys are where it's really at. You're like all the passion, all the energy, all the drive, and you get to like be with you guys, so just saying. It's been a privilege. Thank you for loving us so well while we've been with you. Um, About calling. Okay, why we're hitting this hard is calling is what you will do and carry for the rest of your life. Okay, when you're called, you're called and you know it. So you can't escape it, it's in you and it's the drive, it's the passion, it's the thing that holds you. So calling is really important that we acknowledge and um, are aware of it. Okay, we are not wandering here on earth, we're called. We're called ones. We're called out ones. There's many things in the word that let you know that God's eye is on you, that you have been chosen for a specific moment in life. That was a good sales pitch, right? And if you want to wear that around, you could buy a T-shirt. Just saying, it's a great evangelism tool. It works. Okay. All right. Uh, In calling... There is a response for us, okay? Remember that we talked a while ago about co-laboring with Christ? He does his part, we do our part, okay? In co-laboring with him, the call is what comes out to you. The response is our part. That's where we partner with the Holy Spirit. That's where we say, I get it, okay? So I want to talk tonight about just this phrase, here am I. Because when God calls, our response should be, here am I. Here am I. I'm not sure what you're about to say, but I trust you. Here am I. Okay? It is said that you will remember in your life, maybe, if you're really intelligent, ten sermons. Ten. If you're average, 
you'll remember three, like verbatim, like that thing changed my life. I remember that sermon. Okay? Now just listen to me. You will never forget your encounters with God. You'll never. If you had a thousand of them, you'll remember them. Because it's you and God and it's personal. Okay? So sermons are amazing. They are the word becoming reality through personality. Okay? The word is really important to get into us because it's truth. Encounter with God is really important because it'll hold you to truth. Okay? So today I want to talk about, here am I. There are seven places in the Bible. You guys mind if I wear my reading glasses because I'm totally not your age. I just wear shoes that think I am. Okay. These things are comfy, by the way. Except I went grocery shopping and I was like, <coughs> like court shoes. And I was like, <laughs> in the meat section, everybody's looking for the basketball player. I'm like, sorry, I was just stopping to get some roast beef. <laughs> in the cart. Okay. So there's, see, just did it. Yeah. Pivot. All right, there's seven places in the Bible that we hear the phrase, here am I. Starts in the garden, when God's looking for Adam and Eve, moves on to Abraham, Isaac, and then there's some more. There's Moses, Samuel, and then there is the last guy who is the hero of the New Testament, and I forget his name. Saul encountered Jesus, and then Ananias had to go be with him. He was the last guy that's recorded in the word that he said, here am I. I'm available. So whatever you're going to ask, I'm open. Okay? If I was on my game right now, I'd be using some basketball analogy, but I'm not. Okay? So a response to the heart of the call of God is actually in a live heart. We need an alive place where we can actually hear and then respond. So it starts with in the garden with, where are you? So tonight I want to ask you, where are you? Where are you? If God was asking you right now, where are you? Are you close to him? Are you hiding? Are you walking in the cool of the day with him, telling him about your day, unhindered? Are you nowhere near him? Are you unaware that he called for you? So I want you to tuck that question, where are you, into your heart. As we look at Moses in the Bible, I know that we talked about Moses and his calling but I want to talk about Moses and his response, okay? Because the response helps us learn how to respond to God because we're learning about his nature and who he is and then as his people, how we can follow well, okay? So in Exodus 3, Moses has fled to Midian after killing an Egyptian, okay? So Moses was raised in the palace, okay? If you don't how many people know the story of Moses? Oh, I need hands, like I'm old. Okay, so I'll tell you, a few of you. Moses was born in an edict where all the babies under a certain age were going to be killed 
in the land, okay? So let's wipe out all the baby boys. Great. That's awesome. Not awesome. Never awesome when we wipe out a generation, okay? So Moses' mother is a God-fearing woman who's like, "Uh uh-uh, not my baby. My baby's special. My baby is going to live. Is my hair, like, all out here? Sometimes I see things. Things that happen after you're 30. Enjoy these days. They're really good days that you have ahead of you. Okay, so Moses' mom hides Moses in a basket, puts him in the river, and then Moses' sister Miriam goes and watches to make sure that nothing happens to him. While she's watching the basket, Pharaoh's daughter is out in the river bathing. I don't know, they didn't have tubs yet, so just go with it. Okay, and she's with all her maidservants, which is also very weird. Hi, privacy. Uh, And she's like, she hears the baby, gets the baby, and decides to keep the baby. She knows the baby is not Egyptian. She keeps the baby anyway. Okay, and then asks, Miriam comes out and says, hey, I know a woman who could be a wet nurse, because that's also, if you've never had this education I'm just updating you. There were people back in those days that would nurse a baby, which is feed the baby because they already had milk. And is everybody following me? Okay. Pharaoh's daughter didn't have any milk because she didn't have the baby. So there's only milk after you have the baby. (laughs) Just a little health class. Just helping out. For all the husbands-to-be, you're welcome. Okay, so anyway, Moses, Miriam says to Pharaoh's daughter, I actually know a woman who could nurse this baby. Goes and gets the mother of Moses, because it's the sister. Does everybody follow me? Okay. And she gets to be with Moses for five years, feeding him. That's a long time to feed a baby, by the way. But anyway, we'll overlook that point. The point is that she got to pour in to Moses who he actually was in a formational stage. Before five years old, he's taking in his identity. He's taking in what he's called for. He's taking in his destiny. Okay? There are formational things that have been said about you in your childhood. Now, I'm here to say if those weren't good things, it can change. It can totally change because the things that matter about you is what God says about you in your formational years. Why he made you and the purpose that you're here for. Okay? So Moses grows up in Pharaoh's house as an Egyptian. Okay? And then one day he's out. He knows he's not Egyptian, but he's being raised as one and taking on their customs and the way they do things, raised in the palace. He's out in the fields where they... Israelites, which are God's people, are in slavery and in bondage, and he sees them being mistreated. Okay? He knows he's one of them, and they're being mistreated. He's acting as a palace person, and he goes over and defends out of justice and kills an Egyptian for mistreating one of his people, okay? Then he takes off because he knows he's in big trouble. Like, uh uh-oh, 
<laughs> this isn't going to go well with dad, mom, or brother. Uh, nobody is going to let me live this one down. So takes off, hightails it to Midian, and meets Jethro in the fields. Jethro then becomes his father-in-law, who is a priest. He marries, oh, what's her name? Sephora. No. <laughs> I heard Sephora. Zephora. This starts with a Z. Yep. It's a great name. And they have a child. He also takes on his father-in-law's business, which is being a shepherd. Okay? All that to say, by the time we get to Exodus 3, Exodus is about the Exodus. So they're setting up how these people of God are about to come out of slavery. Okay? So Moses has fled to Midian after killing an Egyptian. He's married Zipporah and started working for his father-in-law, being a shepherd, and became a father. That's a lot. That's a lot of life change. Okay, we all need like a holiday after we move. We're like, oh my gosh, this guy kills somebody, <laughs> leaves, meets his father-in-law, has a new job, meets his wife, and then has a kid. A lot of life change. His life is unfolding, and he's making major life decisions. Same stage as you guys. Same stage, okay? While Moses, okay, in Exodus 3, 1 to 5, let's read that. Do you guys got your Bibles? Okay, here's the rule. You cannot do anything but read your Bible and take notes on your phone. I'm watching. I'm a mother. I have eyes everywhere. We really do have eyes in the back of our heads. I don't know what it is, but it's like a superpower that comes out. I don't know. Somebody makes a noise and you're like, I heard that. I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> it's weird. Anyway, you might want to pray for that skill. All right, in Exodus 3, 1 to 5, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came into Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought... I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. No big deal. A bush talks. A bush is on fire, not being consumed, and, like, knows his name. <laughs> I'm just saying that would be, like, a weird, trippy day, wouldn't it? Like, is it you or is it me? Is it the bush? Did I do something weird? Did I eat a magic mushroom on the way? Not sure what's happening. This is strange. Okay? Bushes are talking. Okay? Then the ground becomes holy. Why? Because God said so. Not because it was, but because God said so. Now that's holy. Because you acknowledged me, it's holy. Because I'm talking to you, it's holy. It's set apart. It's perfect. 
okay? When God talks to you, those are holy moments. Those are set-apart moments. Those are perfect moments. And when God talks to you, he wants you to consecrate yourself. Get ready. Get ready. I want to talk to you. There's our part that we're going to play in that, okay? So Moses' response, there's three of them, okay? Moses was present, just was there. That was his first response, I was there. You know, there's places that you should be and shouldn't be, right? Let's have a mom chat. There are places that you should be, and there are places you shouldn't be, okay? Be present at the right places. Be present at the right time. Be present with the right people, and God's watching over that, okay? When Moses fled, and he came into Jethro's house, he's doing what he should be faithful at, and he's got his hands working, okay? He's married. He's got a kid. He's out in the field. He's serving. He's learning about Jesus again. Well, God. We won't call him Jesus in the Old Testament, but that's a whole theology lesson, okay? He's learning about God again. While he's out here, he's learning about his people again. Okay? He did the tour of shepherding every day. Every day. He's doing the same tour, leading the sheep. Leading the sheep. Here we go. Finding you a little bit of more grass that you haven't eaten yet. Hopefully in the desert there will be some new grass that you can eat over here because there's no rain. Hoping for it. Okay? He's curious and leans in. He's present. Okay? A bush that's burning can only catch your attention if you're present. That should be hitting a little harder than it did. I'll try it again. A bush that's burning can only draw your curiosity if you're present. Okay, there are places that we avoid because they're uncomfortable. There are places that we know we should be that we aren't. But you will only notice the work of God in those places when you're present. When you avoid them because you're uncomfortable. When you avoid them because you're tired. When you avoid them because of conflict. When you avoid them because I just don't want to. I'm apathetic. You will miss the burning bush. You will miss where curiosity is peaked. And I have to say, I bless you guys that you come on Mondays. I pray that you go on Sundays, wherever you can encounter God and his people that is in a godly setting, do it. Do it. Put all your heart, put all your energy, put all your effort into that kind of lifestyle because you won't miss when God's burning a bush. Okay? So, another question for you. Can God find you throughout your day? Okay, now make it personal. Can God find me throughout my day? Are you available? Here, here, here. Are you available for him to find you? Where are you? It's a good question. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that one down. Can God find me throughout my day? Okay? God calls to Moses, and Moses says, here I am. He responds with the Hebrew word, hinini, 
probably not how you say it, but that's how I'm saying it in Hebrew. So we're going to go with that one. Okay, the context of that word. So we have like a word for a phrase. They have like a phrase for a word in Hebrew context. So the word actually means a declaration of being present. When Moses says, here I am, he's saying, I'm all in. I'm here. You have my full attention. I'm present. Nothing else is distracting me. Nothing else has my attention, okay? The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us into truth. And Moses is led into truth by discovering the presence of God through his voice. Okay, we have the same experience as Moses does. When God says, hey, anyone ever have God just touch your heart? Like, can we just meet? Can we just fellowship? I'd like you to read your word. Could you just pray right now? Ever have those moments? That's God saying, where are you? Here I am. Here I am. We get the same privilege because we have the Holy Spirit doing the same work. Okay? It's the holiness of God expressed to you. It becomes a perfect moment of encounter. Okay? So we're looking for these huge moments, literal burning bushes in our lives. Okay? If I can say anything to your generation is Moses saw a burning bush and no one else did. Do not miss your moments by not being present. Okay? I have, for the last 10 years, been with your age group in some capacity. Okay? And I have to say, you guys love the first five minutes of hanging out, and then you're wondering what you're doing for the next thing. Like, okay, I showed up. Now what? What's next? What's tomorrow? What's next week? What's everybody planning? And then, like, non-commitment issues, like, mm, I might show up unless something better turns up. Like, this not able to be present in your moment, you guys have to, you got to nail that one. Because you will miss and be unsatisfied with everything that's going on until you can be grateful and in your moments. Okay? So be present. Holy Spirit can help you do that. You live in a fast-paced society with lots of information. You'll notice I didn't say knowledge. Information flying by you all the time. There's every opportunity. There's every opportunity missed. There's FOMO. There's so much going on in your brains, but just stop and be present. Be present. Be in your moment. That's where God can meet you. Okay? So huge burning bushes happen to Moses. Your moments will happen in ordinary life. Okay, the big dream is going to happen because you said yes five years ago to something that led to a door opening. It's your consistency and your presence in your moments and your faithfulness and your obedience that will get you to where you're going. So there's not, for some of you, there might be this like huge <gasps> moment, but that would be a very small percentage of you. Most of you are going to watch for God in the ordinary, in showing up in the present. Okay? 
In Romans 1, verse 20, it says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so that they have no excuse for not knowing God. The earth is full of his voice. The earth is full of it. Pay attention. That's the way he made it. It's his. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it is his. So pay attention. Be present. Okay, ever walk by somebody? This is like, this happens to me at the grocery store and it drives me crazy because sometimes I'm like, I just want to go and get food and go home. Sometimes I go into the grocery store and I'll notice somebody and I'm like, Lord, right now? Like, my ice cream's melting. It's like dripping out the cart. But I'll go over and I, like, notice your world. I'll go over and talk to somebody that I'm like, you are not doing okay. How are you? Who are you? Is everything okay? Sometimes I get the craziest stories that are, like, an hour long, and then I pray for them. I'm like, do you mind if I pray for you? Because I believe in Jesus, and I've... I truly know he's helped me. He's changed everything about my world. Everything about me. And I'd love to pray for you. Because I know he has the same love and hope for you. Okay? How easy is that? We make it gigantic, but be present. Be present. Watch for the person that needs you. Watch for the thing that is opening in front of you. Watch for the opportunity that comes your way. Be present. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it. So watch for him moving around you, through you, in you. Okay? God is always speaking. Second thing, be obedient. Are you taking notes? We're going to have confessional. I'm just kidding. We're not Catholic. <laughs> just got some stares like, I didn't see any booths when you came in, did you? Okay. Moses takes off his shoes. He responded to the voice. Take off your shoes, Moses. That's a really weird request. Like you don't ask shepherds to take off their shoes. They walk all day. They walk in hard terrain, hot terrain. But when you get to the flaming bush that's talking and he says, take off your shoes... And your heart's stirring because you now know his voice and you're in his presence. You respond with obedience. Okay. I take them off, but they're tied up. So question. Does the way he talks to you make you think of others? Like... If God asked me to do that, I think so-and-so would think this. Does how other people throw you off in your response to being obedient? No one's around and Moses listens to God. If no one was around, would your obedience level be any different? Because if, if it is, you want to deal with that. Because here's the jam. At the end of your life, 
you'll stand before the Lord, just you and him. And the well done is based on our obedience and our faithfulness to his voice. So the response matters no matter who's around, no matter what it costs you. Is it inconvenient? Probably. I don't think I've ever had God speak to me and it'd be super convenient. Like, thanks for adding that to my life. That was super spicy and awesome. And easy. The fact, like, let's just abolish that following God's really easy. It's not. It's a delight. It's different. It makes your heart happy. It makes you satisfied. makes you live at peace. But it ain't easy. That's a load of crap that North America loves to sell us. Accept Jesus and get three Mercedes Benz in your house and your account's going way up. And I don't know what the heck that happened. I just, anyway. <laughs> All right. So here's a question. I love questions. Can you tell? Okay, so write this one down. What has he already asked you to do? What's his voice already said to you? And did you finish it? So here's another advantage of being around your age group for the last 10 years. You guys love a fresh word. Like, oh my gosh, prophesy over me. You just got prophesied over five minutes ago. Shut up. <laughs> did you obey the last one? Like, you guys are on this prophetic high, like, God's going to speak to me. You know, God's speaking was rare. It was rare. Like, enjoy your moment and then obey it. Okay? This hot take on God's got to speak to me every five seconds is not biblical. He will lead you, but go back to the last thing he told you. Did I do it? Did I complete it? Was I faithful? Okay, again, at the end of your life, well done, good and faithful. Good and faithful, you could say equals obedient. So go back. If you're like prophetic hungry, like, I just got to know what God's saying to me today. And I'm totally not satisfied with that yesterday's word. Did I complete anything he's told me to do? Because if you haven't, you still need to go back to the first word and finish it. And then move along through your words and be faithful. Okay? Some of you get so frustrated because doors are closed and it's like, why don't you just obey the word he gave you two years ago? Stop looking for your peace in this moment because you're never going to get it till you obey him. God isn't a slot machine. We're just like, ooh, what's today's journey? He's not a GPS. I already said what I'd like you to do. He's got a good father's heart. His intention isn't to withhold from you, it's to help you. If you could finish that thing, you can't even imagine what I'm going to open up for you. But I'm just going to wait till you do this. Is that frustrating? Is it on purpose? Mm -hmm. You bet it is. 
as a parent, you'll wait for your kid to do what you ask them. Because you're like, hmm, you're not going to be a good adult. It's not under my watch. You will finish what you start. When I said clean your room, I meant it. And you will not come out until I can see the carpet. Okay? Every kid hates that. But finish it. Now I get to color. Now I get supper. Now, like, same, same rewards, guys. Like, we're not that brilliant. God knows us. He knows our nature. Like, finish what he asked you to do. And then move into reward. Okay, I'll move on. Because I'm, I'm harping now. Okay? What does his voice tonight stir in you? While you've been worshiping, while you're hearing, where are you? And here am I. And there's assignment on your life. What's stirring in you now? Is it hope? Is it fear? Anticipation? Joy? Check those things. You'll find out where you are in your journey of responding to him. Okay, transformation happens in our lives through our lips and our actions. And they need both. Lip service to God is just that, lip service. Yeah, send me, but you never go. That's disobedience. Just doing stuff that God hasn't asked you to is just wandering. I'm just busy. Doing what? He didn't ask you to do that. Okay? Your lip service and what you're doing needs to coincide. Okay? Your actions. We create with God in our obedience and availability. And change starts forming. Do you know God made you creative? Because he is. And you're made in his image. So when you start obeying him, you start creating with him. You start creating out of the desires that he already has for you, that he's implanted in you, the purpose that was formed in you at your birth, okay? Actually, before your birth. He thought of you and made you for a purpose, not just to, like, give your mom and dad snuggles. That is not why you were made. There was a purpose and a plan, and then you were formed, and you filled that formation, Okay? When we start agreeing with him, we start creating with him because you're made in his image. So let's start forming what I was made for. My agreement's there. Okay? Obedience to him creates new revelations of him. Guys, you're so quiet. Okay. Obedience to him creates new revelations of him. He didn't change. Your obedience changed your idea of him. Wow. Did you know God? Yep. Yep. But you just discovered it because your obedience unlocked another facet to your closeness to him. Okay? You only get close to God by being obedient. You get to see his face more and more and more. Okay? To be consecrated to God is an invitation to experience his holiness and participate with the divine nature. Just words do 
do not get us into the expression of his face. So if you've ever been frustrated, like, I've heard about God. I've just never taken a leap to see if it's real. Or I've never taken a leap to just follow through on one thing he asks that scares the poop out of my pants. Okay, that's honestly why we don't obey, so let's just call it. We don't obey because we're afraid. We're afraid. I'm going to be the only one. Nobody's going to go with me. I'm not going to have any friends. I actually have no idea what we really think, but we have these grandiose ideas that somehow the whole earth is going to change because I obeyed God in this little step. It's like, get over yourself. You're not that important that the whole earth would change its access because you said yes to say hello to somebody. Okay? Simply obey him because he's going to go with you in it. And then there's going to be new revelation of him for you. Yes, it is good. Thank you, Jocelyn. Amen. All right, number three. And I want you guys to hunker down now and pay attention. Eyes right here, because I feel like this is like the word of the Lord for you guys tonight. Literally called ones, okay? You are called out ones. You are called ones. And he's asking, where are you? Where are you in your generation? And the response needs to easily come, here am I. Here am I, okay? Number three is let them use your past. Let them use your past. We fix our eyes on the future all the time. We do. That's a good thing. We want to fix our gaze there. That's called vision, okay? But we cannot walk away from what God has already brought us through, okay? If you turn around after you've been saved and look at your life, you should be able to go, wow, what redemption. What beauty is coming out of my life that I didn't know could come. If you've never done that with God and you're just like, oh, thank you, God, that it's not, I'm not back there anymore. Thank you, God, that I don't have to look at that stuff anymore. You haven't been grateful yet. You haven't acknowledged him in your past. Moses had to acknowledge his past. Okay, we're going to get there right now. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. In the next part of Exodus 3 and 4, after God asked Moses, take off your shoes, this is holy. Okay? So it's set apart. It's perfect because he's speaking. Literally, guys, right here. He's speaking to Moses and tells him about the plan that's coming for his life. And Moses is like, Uh, do you know who you're talking to? I don't talk well. I'm pretty sure he had internal headgear or something. Okay, I killed a man. God, you got the wrong person. Anybody here been saying things like that to God? The driver and its fear and shame. I'm embarrassed 
of my past. God, how could you qualify me? How could you use me? I got a horrible reputation. I don't even speak clearly. I'm not perfect. Join the club. Okay? God says, Moses, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. He's laying out a plan of deliverance for people that have been tortured and are dying, are in slavery to a man who is like, ah, you sure you got the right guy? Like I stutter. Literally, every excuse in the book he pulls out to God while he's standing on holy, perfect ground, acknowledging that he's God. It is such a conundrum to me. I'm acknowledging your perfection. I'm acknowledging your voice. I'm obeying you. But now I'm going to bring in all my excuses because I just got scared. This assignment feels a little large. Do you remember who I am, God? Do you remind God about who you are or were? I do. Like, <laughs> are you sure? Like, uh, I'm 48. Is this a good time to do young adults? <laughs> Don't think that that's not a question. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, my God, they're going to think I'm horrible and, you know. You bring all these weird things to God, and he's like, yeah, that's not what I asked you. I don't care about your past. I redeemed it. I brought you out into the wilderness to train you, Moses. I taught you how to lead sheep so that you'd know how to lead my people because you have no idea what's coming. You're going to be an excellent leader. I'm going to bring along Aaron, and he's going to help you like the Holy Spirit. He's going to be your helpmate. He's going to help you speak when you need to. There's assignment on your life, guys. Do not let shame rob you. Shame is the cycle of I do something, I think something, I believe something, and then I act out. And then I think something, I do something, I believe something, and then I act out. And all of a sudden, I'm back to where I started. Back in a stronghold where I'm not free anymore. Okay? Shame cannot be your portion when Jesus is. Because he paid for freedom. Okay? And he read that verse earlier in prayer. It's, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. So no longer are you slaves. No longer are you slaves. No longer are you slaves. That's great news. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. You're not a slave to shame. There's a difference between doing something wrong and getting caught in shame. If I do something wrong, I just say, oh God, I'm sorry, that was wrong. And I let the conviction of the Holy Spirit correct me. And then I get back on the path. Shame says I'm off the path and I'm staying in Mount Horeb. I'm never leaving here, God. I'm going to just be with the sheep, and this is my portion, because I'm ashamed of my past. And God's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to use everything about your past. 
even when you were born and there was an edict of death. I'm going to use it all for my glory. I'm going to use it all for my kingdom. I'm going to use it all for my name. Okay? But our part is to say, yeah, I trust you with that. I am not holding on to this. And tonight, I just, I believe God's here to break shame and fear off of you guys. Like, when there is a call, you have to respond. You have to respond. You have to obey. And you can only do that if you'll let shame and fear go. There can be the platitudes of, yes, I feel called. But where, you're, where is the walking it out? Where is the going forward? Where is the saying, that's not me anymore. But God, please use it. Redeem it. Because that's who you are. You're a God of redemption. You take what the enemy intended for harm and you turn it and you use it for good. I cannot tell you in my own life how many times God has used crap and poop and pain and utter gut-wrenching mistakes and betrayals in my life. And I can see his beauty now. I can see it. When I look back, I go, oh my gosh, you were watching over that. God was watching over Moses on every turn, even his mistakes. You're going out to the wilderness? Yeah, I see you. I got you, buddy. You murdered somebody. I'm going to just talk to you and heal you in the wilderness. I'm going to send you Jethro, a priest, and he's going to help you remember that you're one of God's kids. And then you're going to lead these sheep. And then you know what you're going to do? You're going to set captives free. Come on, guys, you were born for such a time as this because there's people that need to get out of captivity. And you're the only one that they're going to meet that might bring them into freedom. Is shame worth it is my question. Is it worth it? Is the spin and the cycle worth it? If you knew the next person you met that didn't know Jesus, that, oh, my little fear of being heard... They'd miss eternity. They'd miss the love of God because of my insecurity, my shame, my fear that he already paid for. So I need to make this work. I need to actually hear and believe. I'm going to hear it and believe it, and now I'm going to do it. Okay? I just want you guys to stand. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Tonight, Holy Spirit, I'm asking... Over this group of young adults, God, the called out ones, the ones that are here on purpose, God, you knew, you called them into tonight on purpose to be ones that are seen by you, heard by you, God, and known by you. So, Father, I ask that tonight when you ask where are you, they would say, here am I, here am I. Hear my father, shame, fear, and every inadequacy, every lack that we put in front of you right now, Father, I ask right now that you would captivate it by your Holy Spirit. God, I ask that your 
your spirit of truth and revelation would come into this room. And Father, that every lie would lay down at the feet of Jesus. And that Jesus, your freedom, what you died for on the cross, the complete, utter freedom and love of Jesus Christ would enter this room now in Jesus' name. God, I ask that you would speak to every heart, to every spirit, to every mind about their past. That Father, you are a God of redemption. You you don't miss any of our moments, God. You use them for your glory because that's who you are. And so, Father, I ask that tonight in this room that the power of the Holy Spirit would come and fill each and every young adult that's in this room in the name of Jesus. And I'm just going to encourage you guys, if you want to come up here, please do that. Bring a notebook with you because there are lots of questions that I feel like God's going to ask you in this room. But right now I'm going to ask you to come if you just need freedom. If you need agreement prayer for freedom, if you need to pray some prayers that are a repentance, like I change my mind about what you can use me for, God. I want to obey you. I'm just going to ask you to come in the name of Jesus. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, to do the work that only you can do. What your word says is true. So, Father, I ask that tonight shame would break and it would go in Jesus' name. God, I pray that every root of shame shame, every trauma, God, every lie, every fear would be uprooted in the name of Jesus. God, every dark thought, every dark place, every tormenting thought, that it would leave in the name of Jesus. God, I just declare your freedom and your life being made full in this place. God, I pray that your manifest power that comes with might and fire would come now in Jesus' name. God, I pray that over this generation, God, you'd put a craving for your Holy Spirit. God, that you'd put a hunger to be the ones that lead people out of death and into life, God. I pray that you would raise up a Moses generation, God, that say, here's my inadequacies. Use them. Use them. Use them. Redeem them. Use them for your glory, God. Father, I ask that in this house, God, you would find young people, God, that truly believe your word, not just hearers, but doers, that will walk in your glorious light in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would come. Come for, come for us, Jesus. We say, here am I. Here am I. Here am I. Use me. Use me, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to the Lakemount Young Adults Podcast. For more information, please visit us at lakemount.ca or follow us on Instagram at lakemountya. Have an amazing week and we hope to see you soon.